welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we're on episode 99. Holy cow. 99. Mike and I were just reminiscing about how much the podcast has changed since episode one, which is funny because whenever people find us, we're always like, hey, start with episode three. Yeah. I don't <laughs> even know if three is right. Cause I feel like, I, know, I, know. I feel like, you know, quality production value has definitely gone up. Even just our understanding of reselling obviously increases. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, you know, definitely not ashamed of anything we've done in the past, but at the same time, it's like, I would hate for someone to, to oh, we should check out Peerless Podcast. And they just listen to the first episode and they judge all of what we do on that. You well, because you see, so you guys don't see it, but behind the scenes, we know how many people have listened to each episode. So there's a huge influx, episode one, and then there's a slight drop off by episode two. Yeah. And then more, you know, that's just how it goes. But it's all good. We appreciate all of you from whether you started listening yesterday or from day one. And, you know, I love it when the day one people go, hey, love the journey, love watching, you know, how far you guys have come along. And it's been awesome. So we're excited because we're doing it right for episode 100. Yeah. Episode 100 we're doing live. Um, We're going to go. I, 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 we'll figure out the exact time. We'll put <laughs> we're it, out there to sort it out on so. Instagram and stuff like that. But it's probably going to be I'm assuming you could check as it gets close. You could check YouTube, uh, but it'll probably be 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, I think is probably what we're going to aim for. Uh, that way, our East Coast listeners can uh, can jump in without having to stay up too much past your bedtime if you're like me uh, and, and want to get to bed early. We don't want Mike being cranky on the live. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> uh, right. so we'll do. We're going to shoot for 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and if there's a change in that, we'll let you guys know. But uh, episode 100 is coming up. We'd love to have lots of people on there uh, participating in the feed. We've never done it before, so um, you know we, we don't know exactly how it's going to go. We're going to have as much interaction as we can, and we'd love to answer some questions and 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 just kind of celebrate 100 episodes, you know, being on episode 99 is exciting. 100 episodes. Something really cheesy just popped in my head. I don't know if I should say it. Do it. I was going to say, I've got 99 problems, but PHP ain't one. There you go. I don't think yeah. that was cheesy. I think that was good. Was it good? I don't know if everybody out there will agree. We might be a problem to them, yeah, you know, but maybe. It's, it's all good. But hey, and the other thing, and this is actually uh, part of our uh, reseller topics, but we appreciate the love on our uh, reseller wrap. It's Q4. Yeah, man. That was a ton of fun. I mean, it was... That was a, a little bit more intense to put together all, you know, when all was said and done than uh, we were anticipating, but it was a lot of fun. And, I have some uh, behind the scenes footage. Nice. I know Mike's like, don't record this. I'm like, we got to archive this. Like this yeah. was, it was a lot of work, yeah. you know, and then having to, you know, if, if you have ever done a music video, which is so weird, we're talking about this, but you actually have to know what you're flowing and it has to go along with the music and it has to be exactly or it looks weird. Yeah. And so, so I think we got it pretty yeah, much. Yeah. We, I mean, it's weird because it's our song. We wrote all of those lyrics ourselves. And even still, when we're recording ourselves singing it, we, it's probably what, like a hundred takes each of like, it was we start doing our part and then it's like, you mess something up. So. Um, you know, it's, it's tough. My hat goes off to the people who, uh, who do live performances. Yeah. So people are like, when's the new album dropping? When's the mixtape dropping? So, you know, we, we are resellers, but we do love flowing every once in a while. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe as time goes, we, uh, uh, we're not just <laughs> providing you content that's useful, but, uh, we can be your entertainment as well. You don't only have to listen to us talk. You can listen to us flow. But anyways, with all that being said, Hey, if, if we end up with a thousand views on YouTube, which, you know, it's climbing. I don't know where it's going to be at by the time this episode drops, but I don't know. We may drop it on, you know, iTunes or something. Yeah, I'll throw it up on iTunes. That'd be cool. But yeah, so if you haven't seen it yet, um, it, it's it's I, I'm actually proud of it because I mean, there are aspects of it. Like if you haven't seen the video, like when we're talking about making money, 
Um, I had it where it's like dollar bills falling behind us, like one dollar bills. But they were like, Benjamin's. That was yeah, done on purpose. Yeah, not like hundred dollar bills because because part of it is tongue in cheek. I I feel like the lyrics a little were, satire. Yeah, a little bit, but like I feel like the lyrics were legitimate in the fact that like we were discussing things like the resellers understand and get. We weren't mocking anything, but at the same time, it's like we know who PHP is, and we're not the guys that you know. Orlando had a line in there about uh, a Lambo <laughs> to the show. Yeah, so like we know that's not who we are. We're not we're not the kind of people who are like. We're bringing in hundreds. We got this. We got that. We're going to teach you how to make million dollars in, in, in 30 seconds. Like that's not who we are. But at the same time, uh, we wanted to acknowledge the hustle of reselling and, and kind of what that Q4 grind looks like. And uh, we're we're really I want to say we just hit like the the monumental moment of Q4 with Black Friday just behind us. And so um, we'll, I'm sure we'll be talking about that quite a bit here on, on this episode. But uh, yeah, if you haven't checked it out yet, go on YouTube. Girls of Podcast. Uh, we are, I think, the the first ever uh, reselling rap. Maybe. That's pretty it cool. Maybe. I think there have been some others, but, you know, I, I will say it was a labor of love. It was cool. And I'm glad we did it. And even if we got one view, I'm so glad we did it. Making money every so, day. Appreciate all you guys and your support. And looking forward to that live dropping on Sunday. Well, not dropping. Being with you all. Yeah. On Sunday. We all on get that to live. be together. So that's cool. All right. So we got an update episode now. Yeah. So we just finished uh, Black Friday Madness, yeah. which it wasn't madness. No. Did you get the madness part? Yeah. Um, well, let me just start off by saying um, before we get into it, because I feel like once we start on Black Friday, there's it, that we're not going back. Like that is <laughs> that is the thing. Um, but it's like two terrible things. I don't want to call them terrible, but two things happened to start before I even got into the studio today to record with you. Uh, you know, one of me don't either. So. You know what it's like being bald, right? You feel like you, you hit your head on everything. I feel like Sometimes. I hit my head on stuff more often than like okay. somebody with hair does. I think it's just like a curse of being bald. Uh, and, and it hurts more because you don't have like the the uh, padding there. So did not see this coming on so the podcast. I slammed my head today. Ooh. I was working on my car, getting some stuff out of it. And I slammed my head on the hitch of my my fifth wheel, which comes down. And so and that was right before I had to shave my head. And so I'm like, oh, now I've got like this injury on my head and I've got that was painful and then on my way here i told you about it, i was a little bit late yeah but my car got stuck in the mud like there's been so much rain here in southern california that my my tire literally sunk in and i could not get out like i was just spinning the tire shooting dirt up i could not get out of my house because of the rain and so uh you know finally looks like we've got a break in the rain for a little bit which i don't know how long it's gonna last but man i want to get out to some garage sales just garage sales haven't been there but who's thinking about garage sales when we've got a uh, black friday right well yeah but you know, I I will I, I do miss garage sales. I miss them a ton, and because you know the stuff that's selling on eBay right now are garage sale items, and they're selling for nice profit. You know, because one of the things that you know I I don't forget, but I keep in mind is that the ROI on garage sales is so greater than anything else, right? So I think about I'm looking at something right here in, in the studio. You have these these board games that I remember buying for seven ninety nine. And flipping on Amazon last week, and I was making eight dollars profit on net profit on each one, and I'm thinking eight dollars net profit on each one. Now I did buy, I want to say twenty five of them, and they sold within a couple of days. So yeah, made that pretty quick. But you know, a garage sale that could be one item. You know, I just sold uh, one of my. I keep talking about the trains. I just sold another train for a hundred dollars plus shipping. I probably paid two to four bucks on that train. Like you can't beat that. So yeah. And it's funny because my youngest son the other day goes, are we going to garage sales tomorrow? And I'm like, uh, no, we're going to go hit some more stores. 
Yeah. Right. But it gets it gets robotic, it gets monotonous, and it's still fun. But uh, so Black Friday's been a little different. So before we get into that, though, talk about a little. Let's do a little. Well, we're doing updates and so on. And so you had shared about your time off a little bit. So how has that been? Man, it was great. Like I mentioned last episode, having a week off and and kind of being able to focus on like one job as opposed to working two jobs, you know? And let me just say like, it's kind of nice too that it came at Thanksgiving because I've, I've really been trying to be conscious about being like thankful and having gratitude for things in my life. And having a week now that my wife is home, because normally like a Thanksgiving break like this as a teacher, I get the week off. Um, and and at my old school, it was only like three days off. It wasn't a whole week. So I got a whole week. So it's already even better. But my wife is home now. So it wasn't just me now watching my son and trying to do stuff around the house. Like it was a week of family time. Like that was that amazing. Nice. Like I am so grateful that I had that time. And to be honest, I probably did a lot less work. I mean, we used that time to make our our wrap, right? So we worked during that. Um, that, was a, that was a whole day It was project. an entire day, yeah. So we, we still, we worked on the podcast. I did some reselling stuff. I did a little bit of sourcing. I did a lot of um, like inventory maintenance and things like that. But just the amount of family time that I got and just to think that, you know, I don't know if, if reselling is ever going to become my full-time job, but if it ever did, or like just thinking as a teacher, like when the summer comes, and I know like there's some people out there probably right now, like that's not fair, you know, not fair, but like bummed, they only get two weeks in the corporate world. When I was in corporate world, you know, you get your two weeks off and it's just, it's not always enough, you know? And so the amount of time I get off, I just want to say like, I was, I was so grateful to have that week, not just with my son, but with my son and my wife, we did some reselling, we did some of that stuff, but just having that time is just reminding me of like how much there is to be thankful for and, and to be, um, have some gratitude for. And it reminded me of a quote. Um, the quote is, let me pull it up really quick because I don't have this one memorized because uh, I, I looked it up right before we got started. But essentially the idea is this. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wing it because I don't have it pulled up. But to, to feel gratitude and not express it is like wrapping a gift but never giving it. Huh. Right? And, and a lot of times there are so many times in our life and, and this is coming off for just a week after Thanksgiving or a little bit less than a week after Thanksgiving. And to take more time to intentionally be thankful for things in your life, I think is really important. And so not just to, to feel gratitude, but to actually express it and tell people uh, that you're thankful for, that you're thankful for them. And so, um, yeah, I guess that's my update. And, you know, we did a little bit of sourcing. Um, I'll talk about when we get to our random stories, um, some of, some of how that went, but, um, for the most part, it was some work on the podcast, a little bit of stuff, but just a ton of family time. And that was great. So I loved it. What about you? Yeah, appreciate what? you being real, though. I mean, you could have yeah. said, hey, I went sourcing eight hours a day. No, I did not did pull it. an Orlando, um, and you crushed it out there. You were hustling hard. Well, let's hope we crushed it. That That's the thing. It's, you know, definitely different. And I'll, I'll talk about this later on with the random stories. But, yeah, it's been super busy with Amazon. And I've been able to send almost a shipment every day that you can send a shipment out. Right? Some days have been multiple, which has been kind of nice. And that doesn't mean that, you know, I'm going to be guru status or anything close. But, you know, what, I, what I'm recognizing, there, there's a lot going on with with Amazon now that's, and at least with me understanding Amazon in comparison to last year. Mm. Right? So so last year, and actually, I highly recommend, not just because, you know, hoping to get more listens on the episode, but go back to episode 32. So episode 32 was our episode where we shared about the, what we learned about Amazon and eBay during Q4. And I actually listened to that intentionally the other day because I wanted to go, okay, what am I doing in comparison to last year? 
right? And so Black Friday, you know, wasn't as crazy as it was for me last year. Last year, I remember I wasn't, I was strategic, but I wasn't as strategic. So if you remember last year, I went to that Walmart with the two floors. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. And there was elevators and escalators and I lost an hour and a half of time, right? It's pretty crazy. At the same time, I went after a bunch of the items that everybody else was trying to grab. This year, I only did that with one item. Mm -hmm. And Black Friday wasn't as crazy for me. Now, it was work. I remember, you know, Thursday night, I was up till three in the morning and then I got up around eight the next day and then I was packing everything and I shipped it out. And right now, as we're recording this podcast, things are checking in and they're selling. And, you know, I sourced all day Friday. I sourced all day Saturday. I'm still sourcing every day. And so that's how it goes. But it's it's a little bit more strategic in the sense that I am not recognizing as many hot toys. And maybe it's because here's what I'm trying to figure out. So remember on Instagram, a lot of people were posting hot toys. Do you remember that last year? Yeah. And just killing bolos. Yep. I'm not seeing a lot of that. That's good. I wonder I wonder if that's just they realized the the impact it was having or if it's just not as trendy now to do that. Or, if, you know, I wonder. Or maybe we're blocked. <laughs> yeah. I've thought about maybe that too. Maybe blocked us. But I don't know. I, I, I don't know what's happening. It's kind of weird because I remember last year, you know, us and a couple other resellers, you know, we kind of have our inner circle, whatever, you know, and whenever we would see something pop up on Instagram, we're like, well, not going to pick those up anymore. And this year, not seeing that a lot. The other thing I'm noticing is, you know, and I've learned this from last year is that I knew Bolo's would changed, but they changed so fast. Mm. Like it, it, the, the, the rate at which they change is, is kind of crazy. And so on that Black Friday, you know, the the one thing I thought was going to be a major thing, I actually scoped it out the night before. I actually have pictures of me looking in the warehouse, like spotting it, right? Because they didn't take it out. And I'll share that, you know, in January when we do our reflection about Q4, I waited in line for a thing that I thought was going to be a bolo. There was only one other person in that line with me. Hmm. And it dropped. You know, the, it was, the time came. And uh, yeah, not many people were picking that item up which kind of was concerning to me. So I bought all of it. Yeah, that's a good way to to behave when you're a little concerned. <laughs> no, I know. No, we've talked about that, right? Like I know, taking yeah. calculated risks well, and, and striking I, when the, the reason hot. I the reason I did that was cuz last year there was for instance Ryan's golden eggs. And I not a lot of people were picking those up. Do you remember those? I feel like the Ryan's eggs were, were like one of the things people were going We remember over. that now, but initially they weren't. I remember I could go, I remember one Walmart, I picked up a hundred of them, like no one was touching them. Yeah, I remember your cart full of them. <laughs> yeah, and nobody, nobody was touching them. And then I remember the price tanking happened. Like the moment I picked it up, and you got to remember, there's a lot of shoplifting that goes on. So I think that's part of the competition that we're dealing with. We're also dealing with wholesale people. So maybe they got some of those wholesale. But so this, so I remember right, those golden eggs were selling at cost. Which if you sell them at, on on Amazon at cost, you're losing money. But then there was like this sweet spot that happened. I th and maybe my memory's off. So correct me in the comments, go, Orlando, you are so way off. You're thinking about something else. But there was a sweet spot where you can sell them and you're, you can make 10 to $20 profit on each of them, right? So if you picked up 100, you know, that's a nice, you know, a grand that you're making that profit. So I picked up all these items. I went to another store. This is how bad it got. There was Christmas stars on the end cap and this item was in front of it. 
And people were like walking over this to look at the Christmas stars. Nice. <laughs> that's how, that's how. So I'm kind of concerned yeah. because I bought all of those too. And, you know, on Instagram, I blurred it, but people knew what I was picking up. And some people said, you're good to go. Just once Christmas gets closer, it's going to hit. Right. So I'm like, okay, I hope that's the case. And there was another item that was something hot that I picked up last year uh, that I didn't pick up this year because I, I only made about five to ten dollars on each one of them. And I picked up about a hundred. So I still made money on it. But uh, I chose not to. And then somebody said, yeah, I know somebody that sells millions on Amazon. And they, they just picked up every one of those. And I go, well, maybe they make millions because they, you know, they're able to afford to buy thousands of them and sell them at five dollars a piece. Mm. I mean, $5 net profit. So I don't know. It wasn't that crazy. But here's the thing. The bolo shift, right? And even within that daily shift. So I'll give you an example. I picked up 49 of one game. And this is part of my stories later on. So I'll share a little bit. But within that day, they're they're selling at, at Target for, I, I want to say, $6.88 or $6.99 a piece. And on Amazon for $27. By the end of that night, Amazon was selling them at six ninety nine. Like that's how fast. So I already shipped them out, and Amazon already tanked the price. Now I know this item will go back up because what happens on Amazon, it might be ranked three thousand. When Amazon tanks it, the ranking goes down to like you know the hundreds because a lot of people are buying, and then everybody wants it, and they and then they go back to Amazon, and Amazon sells out, and the price goes up, and you can still make those sales. But it was, it was, it was pretty intense. It was, you know, uh, my, luckily I had my boys with me and they're older. So I remember I joked about the bungee cords last year. Mm. So I bought the bungee cords. I was going to use them, but my eight year old can navigate the cart well. So, nice. so we had three cards going at one time and it, and it was nice. I got into Walmart at six o'clock. I was out of Walmart. No, I'm uh, sorry. I got to Walmart at four forty one. Everything was ready to go at six you can pick them up i was out of walmart by 6 15. wow that's fast so sourced you know i think it was like 60 items and then went back in picked up some more so within half hour i was able to pick up about 190 items to flip yeah that was crazy that was pretty so but that's what i mean it wasn't insane like i i don't know what it was maybe because i went to a different store that i wasn't stuck at with two floors Mm -hmm. they streamlined the register process and, you know, the, the, the worst thing is this one item I picked up had the warranty protection for electronics. And so you have to hit no on each one. Ooh. But luckily, I found an associate that knew how to sweep it all at one time. Oh, nice. And so I got done with it. So the other thing now is I'm just waiting for the wave. And that's why I recommend listening to episode 32 because, you know, it's by the time this episode drops, it's going to be December 4th. And, you know, we have less days in Q4 this year than last year. <clears throat> well, no, because Thanksgiving was earlier. Yeah, but it wasn't as close to December. Yeah, but that's Q4 isn't based off of when Black but, Friday. But what is. I what I'm saying is we have there's, there's less there's fewer days between Black Friday and Christmas. Correct. Sorry. Right. Okay, so that's what I meant. So you know, right now you kind of feel the anticipation like things you need to hit, but it's that sweet spot of two weeks mm. right before Christmas hits. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday, December fourth, you know. We're still not there. Mm. We're almost there. And yes, sales are picking up. And so 
part of it is like the other day I got into this, not depression, but kind of like, oh, I'm doing all this work and I'm just not seeing the sales kick in. You know, and you go on Instagram, you see some guy said they had their best day ever and it was like 20,000 in sales in one day. I'm like, mm. whoa, like that's huge. And this was not one of those big timers that have employees. It's just on their own. But you got to remember, number one, you don't know what people are sourcing. Like you don't know what those numbers mean. You just don't. It could be they sold $18,000. They sold $21,000 in gross profit, but their cost was probably, you know, it could have been 15 to 17,000. If they played it right, it could have been eight to 9,000. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyways, you just don't know. So don't do that. And the other thing is the wave's going to hit. So what you're sourcing in vain, as long as you did your research, you check the ramp rank, you check the competition, right? You, you took a look at how many of those items people have using sources, um, resources, like how many you're going to, you're going to make money. You just gotta, you know, just gotta wait it out a little bit. So anyways, I got more to say, you got more to add on your update. Um, no, not my update. I was just, you know, wanted to bounce off some of the things you're saying. I wonder, I'm not really on, um, social media like personally very much and so maybe it's just because of that I, I don't typically watch like the tv news uh, but i don't feel maybe i'm totally wrong maybe there's been just as much but like you said like the stores didn't seem as bad i ended up going to target on saturday or on friday um to do a little bit of personal shopping and i wonder what the purpose is maybe maybe it has been as crazy and there are those videos of people like mobbing into to walmarts and targets i haven't seen as much of that this year um, and maybe maybe it is out there, uh, but I kind of have this theory, and I could be wrong, but the economy is doing so well right now. Like it's it's so good that I heard, and I don't know the exact numbers, but I heard that Target had like a ninety three percent like revenue growth or or company growth or something like that in this last year, just an insane amount of growth. And so I wonder if because the economy is doing so well that people aren't as mm-hmm. anxious to get deals, right? Which Makes sourcing a little easier, and then the other thing that that could help with, and it could just be that that targets and WalMarts are more efficient with how they're handling lines, how they're placing products, how many lines they have open, and they're just faster at it. The other thing that it could be that it could lead to too, though, if it is the economy and people aren't necessarily looking for the deals, is that people might have more money later on when it comes closer to Christmas, and they're not so concerned about paying up for things. So that could be a oh, benefit on on a, two that's ends. That's a different way of seeing it. Right? It could be a benefit on it's easier to source if if people aren't out there thinking I've got to save the $5 on this Lego set, you know, because they've got them on sale, you're able to source them a little bit easier. And then as it comes closer to Christmas, they might be like, eh, it's not worth me going to all these Walmarts looking for them. They seem to be sold out. Sure, I'll pay up, right? Because if that's the case, if the economy is having an effect on on that, it could be double beneficial for resellers, right? The sourcing is easier and you might be able to make more as as that time comes. Um, and so, I don't know, maybe that that could be a thing or it could just be, um, I'm not on social media. Things are crazy. People are going nuts for items, and uh, and I just didn't see it. No, but they're not though. Mm. That that's the thing. It's it, here's the other thing. It's it's interesting because remember last year we had the millennial among uh, excuse me monopoly for millennial eh monopoly for millennial. Let's try this one more time. Monopoly for millennials apocalypse. Right, where right, a YouTube video got dropped and boom, like, and it was already before the video even dropped, it was already tanking because people had posted on social media, right? And you know, we also had the drop of Monopoly Socialism that dropped a month ago mm-hmm. or something like that. And here's what's crazy this is how much Bolo shifts. So, 
Target pulled Monopoly for Socialism because they didn't like the message it was expressing, whatever. And you would have thought the scarcity would have caused more people to want it to pay up. So I'm like, oh, I'm interested in where it's at. And I go online and right now it's only selling for $30. Hmm. Where at the peak, it was selling for close to 200 bucks on eBay and on Amazon. So I find that the bolo shift is even greater now than it's been before. Right. So I'll show you the example. There was a there was a toy that I was I picked up two weeks ago. I was going for about twelve dollars and I was flipping for close to forty dollars consistently. And then a week later, a bunch of sellers got on it. Repricers went at it. And actually this year I'm using a repricer. <laughs> and I'll share a funny story with that in a little bit. And then that it tanked. But then what happened is I don't know what took place, but I guess they sold out and the price went back up and my repricer put the price back up and it was selling for money. But then a new bolo that wasn't a bolo a week ago. Cause I remember, you know, we talked to sell quick shit quick a lot and we go back and forth and, and there was an item I was, I, I, these are, I'm like, this is junk. This is junk. This is junk. And, and you know, the, you know, anyways, we were talking about stuff and there's an item that before I thought was complete junk was now selling for decent amount. Hmm. But then within a day, it tanked again. Right? So crazy fluctuations. It, it's just, it's wild. So you got to be careful out there. Now, this is what I'll say about repricers. I know I'm talking a lot. I'm sorry, Mike. You don't have to apologize. I don't know. You know, I just don't want people thinking I'm taking over. It's not pure Orlando podcast, <laughs> you know? So I'm at the store and I'm I'm scanning stuff and I'm like, who is this idiot that is tanking the price? On and I wasn't, it wasn't being tanked, but it was, there was a lot more money to be made. There was like a $10 price difference between this person and the next person. I'm like, who is this idiot? Why don't they raise the price? And I go and I check the Amazon sellers and it was me. I was causing the tanking in the price. Unbelievable. I'll be real. And so. How dare you? How <laughs> well, dare you? I don't know what I did, but I, I, so I went to my repricer and I raised, you know, my minimum price. And now I'm the second person in line on that item and I'm going to make more money on it. But again, if you're using a repricer, you got to be careful. Be careful. Yeah. Because you may think, and you got to always be checking it up because I actually, you know, listings and forget it on my repricer, but you got to remember that you still got to keep tabs on it because what you thought was a good minimum price you may be able to raise that minimum price now that things are heating up. So I like it. Anyways. All right. You have more stories about black Friday. I got more. Yeah. Well, I'm it, or, and not I'll black Friday, this, just how things are going. Just I'll count. This as a random story section. So, yeah. So I, I, I wanted to do a little different. A few weeks ago, I was at Salvation Army and I got their little flyer uh, that said 75% off. Right. You were so excited about that. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and rightfully so, to be honest, the problem, though, was and and a big part of this, and I think this is good, even just for our audience, because there are those who are the Amazon people who are doing that. They're going to to Walmarts and they're going to to Targets and other you know big big box stores and buying a ton of stuff and flipping it on Amazon. And then there's people who are reselling a little bit more casually, and that's that's just the appeal isn't there, right? And so I was like, you know, I just want to take advantage of the seventy five percent off that's happening at at Salvation Army, and. I, I should have kept the the little flyer, but I didn't because it wasn't a coupon. It was just a flyer. So I threw it away. And the night before, so Thursday night, I'm looking up what time Salvation Army is open. 
There's nothing like you. You even type in Black Friday, Salvation Army, hoping that they've got some kind of advertisement. Doorbusters. They've got some. You would think that. I guess I don't want to talk bad about Salvation Army. I don't want to talk bad about any any business or company, but I, I do say that they have really bad marketing, right? Like they don't have like very clear, especially because each one is sometimes a little different. Mm -hmm. Our San Diego area tries to run similar sales and things, but even when I go on to what time the store opens, everyone is saying different times. And so like the earliest time that I saw, I think was like nine o'clock and I'm like, all right, I'm going to get there at nine o'clock. You know, I've had that experience. I've been to one and I thought I was going to close at eight like the others. And I showed up at six fifty, and they're like, all right, we're closing in five minutes. Yeah. I'm like what? Like yeah. why, why? This is a highly, you know, urban area that yeah, has constant traffic. traffic. Yeah. 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 So I assumed that their website was correct, that they had updated what time it would open. And when I get there, I get there, maybe five minutes after the doors would have opened. So I wasn't like, wouldn't have been standing in line anyways, but the parking lot was already full and it's raining. And I'm like, so I had to park down the block. I walk there. And when I get in, I realize that this store probably has been open for a couple of hours because the amount of things people have in their carts, I'm talking their carts are like jammed full and they've got like basically like wow. you were doing with the bungees of two carts. And as I'm looking around, they had stocked this place. I mean, you don't like necessarily like stare into people's carts and see the things they get, but I'm like, okay, this many people, and I, I did a quick Insta story of it. There was probably a hundred people in line, each with a cart. There were no carts left when I got in there, full of stuff. And as I'm walking through, I'm like, oh, maybe there's still some stuff here. I find a few nice pairs of shoes. I find some stuff. I find this like outdoor game that I've always been wanting. Not always, but I've wanted for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it's like $50 on Amazon. It was going to be a couple of dollars. I'm like, this is so awesome. But the line was so long. And then they're like yelling out, uh, our system is having issues. So we're having to put in the numbers hand by hand. So, or one by one, like, literally fingering the numbers and just doom, doom, doom. And so like, so it's going to take a little while. And I'm like, this is going to take hours. It's probably like three hours in line if I were to stand in line right now. And because the store has been open for a few hours and I see all these people with full carts, I'm like, there goes all the money. And there was still some stuff, but it was just not going to be worth it for me to stay there. And so I guess my takeaway from that was I should have been there earlier. Uh, part of the problem is I didn't know when they were going to open. They weren't clear about when they were opening. And so had I been in line hours before the store opened, I probably would have done okay. I would have been willing to sit in line if I had have had a couple of carts full of stuff at 75% off. Um, that's that's worth it, right? Because they, and the other thing I noticed too is they stocked the store. Like I went to the one store where they had the grand opening. You know how they stock stores mm -hmm. for, they brought out all the good stuff. Like oh, the that's store, good. it was all good stuff. So that's just something maybe to I keep love in mind. I love when you do that. Um, if you're not like a, a Target, Walmart, that kind of a Black Friday shopper, there's nothing wrong with thrift stores. A lot of them, I heard, some, I saw some people uh, went to Goodwills and they were having like 50% off everything. I think that to be competitive, they're doing the same thing. I think, in fact, leading up to it, they're probably holding a lot of good stuff and then they just load the floor with a lot of great stuff on that day in order to get people in the store. Because, I mean, they've got to have, you would think, a hard time competing on it on these mm -hmm. sale day of the year with big box stores. But it was clear that people were still in there. And so... If I were to, would I do it again next year? I would. I didn't end up buying anything at thrift stores because all the lines were crazy. I would just be earlier. I would be on it. So that was a mistake on my part. Um, just assuming they were going to open at the time they said they were going to open. So next year, I mean, relationships, we talk about that. When I'm in line, next time I buy stuff, like, hey, what time are you guys opening? Right. And actually get clarification. It probably would have, uh, I probably would have had a lot of money and profit, right? In a cart waiting in that line as they're putting in each individual item instead of being able to scan it. So that would have been nice. Uh, but you know what we ended up doing instead is I called my wife and I was like, these lines are crazy. She's like, just come home. So I went to Target. I did a little bit of shopping for some people for Christmas. And it the line was probably 
10 seconds. Right? Like it was, mm-hmm. it was, the store was not Targets that Targets were so chill. It was yeah. crazy because I was talking to somebody at guest service because I put in a lot of a guest, uh, I put in a lot of orders in for pickup because that's a just quick tip. If you're trying to, you know, source items while in line, that's one way to do it because they are quick about it. And, and Target's been really good about like within two hours, I'm getting stuff. Hmm. Right. But I, t- I asked, it was like about 10 o'clock in the evening on, on Friday. And I said, it must have been crazy. Like last night. No, it was Thursday night. It was Thursday, 10 o'clock in the evening. I said, it must have been crazy earlier when you guys opened. Like, no, nah, it's been like this all day. Hmm. I'm like, that's weird. Because yeah. I, I looked over at my son. I go, this looks like a normal day at Target. Yeah, they, they did a good job. Um, I mean, I worked at Target one year for Black Friday. And um, that was one of the things. I mean, they had every register open di- when the doors open. And so people were getting through quickly. And once you get through that mad rush of people, then people, there's obviously the store's more packed than normal because there's more people and they have stuff in like the middle of every aisle. So you're dealing with people like blocking aisles and stuff. So it's not the easiest thing in the world, but it definitely didn't feel like that thrift store was intense. Like the, I felt like the thrift store had way more people. Than well, that's Target what I'm had. saying. It's so weird. It sounds like the experience I had last year, you had this year at a thrift store. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy. But, <laughs> so crazy. but like I said, like, I think, I don't know if it's something I, I can't say it's something people are sleeping on. Cause clearly a lot of people are at the thrift store. But I guess my encouragement is you can still do well on Black Friday. You just have to be there early enough uh, at thrift stores because if they're running crazy good sales like that and they're they're holding good merchandise and stocking the floor with it, you know, so that Black Friday it's it's there, you know, it's something to think about. And and so what we decided to do instead is um, I, I went home and we had, you know, more family time that night. My uh, my mother-in-law watched my son and we went out and had sushi and then we came to the office and we spent a few hours just inventorying went through several totes and we we literally just put in custom SKUs for things we didn't have custom SKUs for That's awesome. and we organized stuff and you know made our, our studio look a little bit nicer vacuumed the floor right like little things and it's like I still felt like it was a productive reselling day even though it wasn't a typical Black Friday it wasn't like I'm going out and sourcing but it was it was a nice day and so I guess the encouragement I have on that is there's no one right way of doing things right like if you can make a ton of money sourcing on a certain day then definitely do it. But that's not the only day or way to source. And so, uh, you know, maybe that time is better spent for you and your model of, of reselling of saying, you know what, instead, I'm going to list like crazy today and I'm going to be the competitive one that has, or I'm going to run sales on my own eBay or whatever it is in order to capitalize on the day or the season without necessarily doing it the traditional way. Yeah, And I appreciate you sharing that because, you know, sometimes you do get that major FOMO going, I should be doing this or I should be doing that. But and we had a whole episode and we probably need to do another one about, you know, reselling your way, right? Because you got to find what works for you. And uh, no, I appreciate you sharing that because that's definitely a different way to look at it because I love, I love right now. Like I, I love Q4. I love the intensity, but I could only love it this much for so long. Right. You know what I'm saying? I want to get back to that and I can't wait till January hits. And it's because January is going to be a little bit of this still. Because we talked about like Q4 doesn't end at the end of December as far as the Q4 does. But as far as the velocity of sales continue to January, depending on what you source. But there, there is that time when I'm, you know, I haven't been to a thrift store in over a month. I haven't been to a garage sale in over a month. Well, maybe, maybe three weeks, but it's been a long time, right? Okay, so I wanted to share a couple of things from Black Friday uh, just because I think it would help others. And one of them deals with our level of review. So when I'm waiting in line for this product, right, we get there an hour and a half and my youngest son, he likes, he's a squirrely one. 
And we're waiting in line and he just starts messing with everything. So we had to wait in the in the bedding section and there were like curtain rods and everything. So nice. he's like grabbing curtain rods. Were you rods. waiting in the in the bedding section to get like some kind of electronics? I love how they like move. No, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. And so he was grabbing like the curtain rods. He's like, look, hockey sticks. He's like messing around, right? And I'm like, oh. And so the lady that's running the line for this hot toy, whatever that I'm waiting for goes, you know, you probably shouldn't be messing with those toys, blah, blah, blah. I'm messing with that. They're not toys, da, 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 da. And the parent in me, you know, kind of got a little worked up. You know, if if you haven't listened to the podcast, Orlando has these tendencies where you mess with my kids, like, you know, nice. I, I'll step up. So I looked at her and I said, hey, listen, why don't you speak to the other customers and let me deal with my own children? You know, may, maybe you're better off that way. <laughs> and, you know, and if you look Are at you me. using some of the uh, negotiating skills. Well, okay. All right. Well, okay. So I was going to relate it to that. So if you look at me. If you haven't listened to the podcast, just drop on YouTube real quick or on, on Instagram. And, you know, me saying that to a lady that's like, you know, five foot two, kind of grandmotherly type, probably not the best. Right. I, I, I was a complete jerk for lack of being able to use another word because we are Pierce podcast. So I did that. And then in my head, I'm like, I just messed up any ability to be able to you know, maybe get more items or have more access because this item was initially one item per family. But one of the managers came through and said, hey, if there's only so many people in line, you know, he they can get more if they want. Well, I wanted all of them. And I just burned my bridge by being a jerk. Yeah. And and the other thing too, and and again, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't want to provoke uh, Papa Bear over there. But a lot of times when you get very upset about, you know, things people say, like maybe going back to our negotiating thing, you could acknowledge like, you know, what? you're right. My maybe you shouldn't be playing with this. Right. I don't know. OK, so I OK, you're right. But I did go back to that. So one of the things we talk about in the level up review, and this is a more in chapter three or four, uh, Chris Voss talks about, you know, acknowledging where you're poor or you're do- messing up on things. Right. And then, you know, trying to bring it back and mirror what the other person is saying. Right. So I actually went back to her and said, ma'am, I am so sorry. I was a jerk back there. I asked for your forgiveness. Oh, it, nice. is, it is my son. And obviously I get worked up and my son is a squirrely kid. And yes, you know, he does do things sometimes. And, you know, and I shared with her my story about like, there was a point in time where, I literally was picking up like every day from school because something would go down at school. Mm. And I said, I, you know, I really apologize. You know, I understand you're trying to do your job. And she's like, it's okay. I get it. And then we just started having a conversation. And at the end of the, you know, after things were released to be, you know, picked up, she was actually helping me put things in the cart. And I walked away with every single item there. So I, hey. I, More I, bees with honey, right? Or flies I know, or whatever but the it, thing is. <laughs> but I wasn't trying to manipulate. I sincerely felt bad because I was a jerk. Mm. I really was. I mean, it was my kid. So, you know, I kind of give myself a little, you know, free pass there. But at the same time, had I not taken that opportunity to make things right and ask for her forgiveness and admit where I messed up, I maybe would not have walked away from that Walmart in under 15 minutes with a ton of merchandise. So. Just something to think about. Okay. The other one is 
you got to be careful during this Q4 about deals. Because what you think is a deal and you're going to make a lot of money on may not be the ultimate deal. And you got to research as much as you can. So I'll give you an example. There's an item. And I already mentioned this earlier, but I, I bought a ton of them. And oh man, I just think about how many I bought that evening and I shipped out. The, the unfortunate, the fortunate thing is had I not listened to someone who was sourcing on Black Friday, I probably would have lost, let me see, about $150 that night. All right. Okay. So what happened is I was sourcing this item and it, I thought it was a deal like door buster, $10. So I'm like, I'm picking them all up. And some lady stops me and goes, hey, you know, those are cheaper at the other store. If you just go online, it's $3 cheaper. Now with Amazon, $3 is a big deal. Yeah, that's ROI, man. That's ROI. And if you're scaling, right, if, if I picked up 49 of these, you know, that, that's a good amount of money, right? About $150. So I stopped, I went online, and then I just, I ordered and I ordered and ordered and I went to every single store. So you got to be careful. Two things. Last year with the Target app, you used to be able to go in store and scan things and it would tell you what that store is selling it for. Now I'm noticing it just tells me online with online prices, which is going to be the full price, right? But if you go to, and somebody had DM me in the messages on Instagram that it's doing that with the app. But if you go on the website, it actually gives you a better deal. Mm, interesting. Right. So that night, I look at it as I gained $150 that I would have lost had I not known. So you got to be careful out there because just because it's a deal doesn't mean it's a deal. So I don't know. There's so much more I could share about that back Friday about, you know, be careful because just because people are listing things on FBA super cheap right away, that's because they think that everybody's trying to look, look for a deal. But like you said, it could mean that in a week and a half, people are just holding out. And I agree with you. I've bought certain things because I don't want to go shopping and I've been willing to pay 10, 20, I would say maybe sometimes 30 bucks more because I think about the gas and the time and the energy spent that I just don't want to spend. So something to think about. Good. All right. Are you ready for some reseller topics? Let's do it. We need a soundboard sound for that. Uh, I'll work on making one. I think it should be like a news breaking. We're not news. Yeah, reseller news. Okay. So first thing, actually, you know what? I'm going to talk about this other this other thing instead. Of our reselling news? Yeah. Have you noticed the new counter offer feature on Send Offer on eBay? Uh, I don't know if I've noticed. So now... So before you could, you could send offers, but people couldn't counter, counter offer, offer right? That's right? why we were getting messages from people. Correct. Yep. And I just, right now during the podcast, got a counter offer to the offer that I sent. Nice. So just keep an eye. It, it's, it's there. And it's been really helpful because I think that before a lot of people didn't want to send a message because that's one extra step. You send the message and then, you know, you have to do the counter offer on the other end or adjust the price. Now they could directly send you a counter offer. And I love it because that's the second one within 24 hours where I sent an offer and somebody counter offered and I made the sale. I like it. And it happened live. Mike just saw it happen. Live. So the pair Breaking of Breaking news. Just sold the pair of boots. So keep an eye out for that. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. The other thing I wanted to talk about was I don't know how this is going to come across, but there's two things here. Have you ever done eBay for charity at all? Um, I think when I first started selling, I'd click that box to like 
put a few like a little bit of the percentage to go to charity. Um, but I haven't, I haven't like, I don't think done it recently. But we did mention, I think it came up in one of our interviews or maybe another discussion that that seems to be something that could help in the algorithm, even like yeah, pushing you up. It's kind of interesting. So Forbes just dropped an article about how eBay, the eBay community has raised over a billion dollars for charities. A billion dollars. I like that they put eBay community there, actually, because one of my biggest pet peeves, and, and, and I have an example of this, is I was at a movie theater and they came in right before the movie started and they had a bucket and they're like, help <laughs> yes. us raise money for whatever. But what I think happens, and, and I, I could be wrong, maybe different companies do it differently. And anytime charity benefits, I'm I'm happy, right? Like I'm not like, I, I don't want to see charities not get money that, that that can help them with the things they yeah, want to do. But with that one, I, okay, let me I finish your thought because I think we're on the same plane. So what ends up happening though is, so let's just say it's Regal, right? So donate money, <clears> but then what happens is Regal then donates all that money and then Regal writes all that off on their taxes, right? Mm. As if Regal donated $1 million. We've donated $100,000 last month. Well, but really, it's patrons that are donating. Regal gets the tax write-off. Huh. I didn't know that. I mean, I, I like I said, I'm not like 100% sure that that's exactly how it works. But I think a lot of times when you donate money at like a store, like it's great that it's going to charity. But then like when you're at, at the Target or you're at wherever it is and you click the, yeah, I'll give a dollar to this or I'm at Petco, I'll give a dollar to this or $5 or whatever you give to help whatever charity, then even if they don't get the tax write-off, which I think they do, but even if they're not making the tax write-off, they get the publicity of it. Target has raised X amount of money for this. So I like that the article says the eBay community because realistically, that's the seller of the item who's donating money. <clears throat> it's so it's not that eBay necessarily has donated X amount of money. And they have on certain oh, things. Well, I'm sure they have, but I'm just saying when a lot of that is coming from patrons who are giving extra, it's really the patron who's who's giving that. And so maybe they're working as the the platform that's helping to raise the money. Like if you go mm -hmm. into Petco and you, you yeah, I'll give money to this or you go here, like, yeah, I'll do an extra $3 to St. Jude's or whatever it is. But then when they blast out that, such and such has raised X amount of money. That's not coming out of their net profit, right? That's coming out of customer pockets. Yeah. The other part that bothers me is I always go like, well, the, these actors could actually, you know, <laughs> help reduce the cost of the movie, right? You could, you could charge 50 cents less for me to go to a movie with the exorbitant prices. You probably raise a lot more money doing that than coming into the theater and asking for money. Yeah. But the, it's a win win for them when it doesn't touch their No, I know, line at but all. that's what bothers me. It's like I just dropped, you know, if you take a family of four to the movies, that's easily over a hundred dollars that night. Mm -hmm. Depending on how big your family is, it could be two to three hundred dollars. Right. And then to ask for money on top of that when you're already, you know, it and I would say it's price gouging because and you and I might disagree, but you're not allowed to bring outside food. Mm. So I have no options. I have to pay whatever you ask me to pay for. For now, I could choose not to eat. Or right. not to go there. You're right. You could. I could have there, there is the free market. You're right. But don't come ask me for more money. That that's that's the part that bothers me. So, now, you know you're sounding very uncharitable here. Now I, Okay, no, okay, okay. So I know. Okay. So let me get back to charity. So I like how Forrest phrased it here. Going back to what you're saying, they said today, eBay for charity has more than eighty three thousand five hundred global charities registered on platform up 26% year over year and is enabling $211 every minute in charity funding by eBay buyers and sellers, an increase of almost 10% compared to last year. So that's what you're saying, right? And so the other angle is, and I'm not, you know, saying this is foolproof, but some people had actually messaged us 
on Instagram when we posted this that the moment they turned on charity, they saw far more sales. And I go, huh? Yeah. Part of that could be, um, part of it could be the algorithm. Cause again, that it's good publicity. You got to imagine a company is going to want the publicity of how much, I mean, that an article like this is, is super beneficial for eBay. The other part of it is when you're buying something, if you have the option of buying something for $49.99 from two different sellers and one of them, it has a little thing that like portion of this proceed goes to charity. Which one are you going to pick? If it's if it's equal, if it's apples to apples, right? You're going to pick the one that's going to go to charity just because you're like, hey, well, why not, right? And maybe some people psychologically would be, even be willing to spend more, right? They're like, I'll pay a little bit up for this one because it goes some of the money goes to charity. Yeah, I thought I thought it was. I think it's a win. <laughs> we talked about this in our last podcast. I laugh about the win-win phrase, right? But this is a win-win, right? It's a win for the charity. It's a win for the seller. And I have no problem if. You know, if eBay does something with the algorithm in the sense that it puts it higher, in the sense that it's not for a nefarious purpose, right? We're trying to help others. Now, you know, again, what I love about it, though, you can choose your charity, too, right? Now, does the, sell, the seller chooses the charity, right? Or does the buyer choose? Oh, no, the, the, the seller chooses. So I'm, you know, I'm right now on a listing. And if you go to your listing... Right. You drop down. It says donate a percentage of yourself to a charity of your choice and we'll give you a credit on basic selling fees for sold items. So make a donation. So if you go on your listing, you can, you know, basically sort that all out. Hmm. So I think it's a great program. I was in, I was encouraged by that. You know, we're still dealing with Glitchgate and it's an all been fixed. But let's look at the upside. It's yeah. it's that season. Yep. All right. The other thing which I thought was pretty awesome, which I didn't think would be awesome. Right. So. You know, one of the friends of the podcast who's had us on his show, Reezy Resells, and there was another reseller, Chris Anderson. CBS actually did a, a news segment on CBS this morning on this past Saturday, and it was about retail arbitrage. And, you know, instantly when you look at this, you're like, oh, no. like this They're is... painting us out to be pirates and criminals. Well, that and the other sense is like, this is, this is going to hurt our reselling, right? Mm -hmm. Because if, one of the things we get all the time is like, Anytime anything is shared, it's only going to make things worse. Yeah, an influx of competition or. Yeah. But he, what I loved about this, this story was two was two things. One, hearing, you know, I, and I, I've I watched Chris Anderson on YouTube and he has a lot of great info, right? We have a greater connection to Reezy because we've been on his podcast and we've talked to him and stuff. But just, just hearing the story, right? And it was actually, to me, it was a really real story because it was, it was, I loved it. You got to watch it. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't seen it yet. So the news people are like, that's a lot of work. Like, that's tough. Like, that's another job. Like, it, was, it wasn't painting this as a get rich. Right. And I really appreciated that because one of the things we talk about is like, we can share all the information we want, but unless people want to go out there and get it, it it's not going to affect things. Right. And I would say, and it's funny, I ran into one of our listeners the other day. And we were talking, they said, yeah, we just like watching what you guys do. We know it's a hustle. So they weren't all in on the reselling thing. They just appreciated watching it. It's like a form of entertainment almost. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of interesting. So I loved how they shared, you know, they, the part of the story goes, Chris Anderson goes to the great lengths to find a deal. Logging in 40,000 miles a year in his van, he buys an item for a discounted price, like a store. And, you know, he talked about sending it to Amazon. I thought that's interesting because this story definitely represented a real part. And, you know, when they interviewed Rizzi or Mike Rizendis is his real name, uh, you know, 
it was pretty awesome because they shared actually he he's in a nike store and some guy approaches him says thanks so much you you know you changed my life you helped me and it wasn't scripted as far as i know right it was all legit and it was great because it showed a different light of people that share right that we're not out there trying to you know sell people a get rich or sell the dream that even on a micro scale people are being helped by understanding reselling and being able to level up their standard of living. So I really appreciated that story. Yeah, that's cool. That was a great. So that's why I wanted to share that. So if you haven't, we'll actually put the link in our YouTube uh, if you want to check it out. I like it. All right. I talked about my feel as a repricer. Yeah, that was so bad. <laughs> you should have seen how upset I got at myself. All right. So this happened to me the other day. I bought an, I, I, you know, these train things, right? They're collectible. And what's hard about collectibles, if they break, yeah, like, that would feel terrible. Yep. So I sold something and I know I packaged it well. I know I did. Did I say packaged it? Packaged it, did it? No, I packaged it well with my, you know, that's what my MA gets me. <laughs> packaged it well, shipped it out. I took great effort. I know I did. Because I already had something that broke a week before, which I packaged well too, but don't know if they're playing football back in the, you know, wherever they're shipping it from. So the guy messages me and he says, hey, this item showed up and it broke. I'm like, what? There's no way. And so, you know, I always message people, send me pictures. I messaged him. Hey, can you send me pictures? He messages me back. He goes, I don't use a smartphone. I cannot get you pictures. It's 2019, my friend. So then I call eBay because I'm wondering where eBay is going to land on this because, you know, eBay has always sided with me. I would say 100% of the time eBay has sided with me. And this is concierge. And they said, you know, well, it's making you take the return. I'm like, why? Like the guy broke it. I want to deny this return. He goes, well, you didn't on the boxes. You did not go to the drop down where it said for parts. I was like, what? So even though in my listing said missing four parts and in my description, I still have to take back the return and give them a refund. They're like, unfortunately, cause that drop down box. I'm like, well, the guy never sent me pictures. Well, the, technically they don't have to send you pictures. I didn't know that. Did you know that? I mean, it makes sense. I mean, if you've got, think about for you, and, and if you're thinking about customer experience, anytime I return something to Amazon, I've never been asked, send pictures, right? Like it's, this item doesn't work, it's broke, whatever the situation is. And they just, all right, ship it back by this date, right? So I could see why eBay wouldn't require that because if they're the only platform saying, sure, we'll accept refunds, even though it says 30 day free return, whatever the situation is, but you've got to send us pictures. You got to like, if you're making more hoops, that would be a more difficult customer experience that I'm sure eBay does not want to be known for. Yeah. I, and, you know, I'm just surprised. That was the first time ever somebody flatly denied sending me pictures. Usually they don't send them, but you never hear from them. Right. Right. So this time the guy was like, nope, I'm an old collector. I don't do smartphones, no pics. So I refunded the guy. Now, the other side is I wish I was more careful because. I think I had a had a case with eBay and I, I still might counter with eBay. I think I'm going to file insurance with UPS, USPS, because I think that's the easier route to go. Because hmm. USPS, they don't, you, you think they would, but they don't ask a lot of questions. As long as you got your tracking info, 
you have your pictures of the packaging, uh, you have the cost of the item and, and you know what it's sold for and all that. They're pretty good about giving you that refund. It takes a little bit. You have to wait for a check in the mail. They're pretty good about that. But my item didn't have a menu thing for me to put for parts. It didn't have that as an option? Correct. It just On had, the eBay listing? Correct. It just had new and used. Hmm. And I didn't recognize it until after I gave him the refund. Because I, you know, the guy at eBay, I'm like, well, he knows what I'm talking about. Right. So anyways, two things, two, three things take away. Number one, make sure if it's for parts, if there's a drop-down menu for parts, you go to that. Number two, recognize that they don't necessarily have to send you pictures for you to have to refund that person. And three, it may be easier to just file a claim with the USPS. So that's where we're going to land on that one. Good. Fair enough. Just thought that would help some, some listeners out there. All right. Let's talk about some more fun stuff. Have you caught the toys that made us on Netflix? I haven't watched it yet. No. Not one? Mm-mm. You got to watch it. Really? If you have not watched it, this is recommended watching by Pure Russell Podcast. Endorsed by Orlando from Pure Russell Podcast. Endorsed by not just me. Everybody else. I haven't seen anybody that goes, can't stand that show. Hey, Netflix, if you want to sponsor us, we're here. Toys That Made Us, we are here yeah. for you. And there's another one that dropped, The Movies That Made Us. Mm. So they're going into like the old uh, like 90s, 80s movies. So The Toys That Made Us is pretty awesome because the latest season was Ninja Turtles. Nice. It was wrestling figures. You know, it was... Um, Ooh, remember Stretch Armstrong? I don't think they have Stretch, <laughs> Stretch Armstrong, but yes, I do remember Stretch Armstrong. But what I love about it is that it can help you in your sourcing. So, for instance, with the Ninja Turtles, I was able to differentiate between the newer turtles mm-hmm. and the older turtles that are worth a lot of money, you know? And or they had like the older seasons had He-Man. You could understand He-Man. Speaking of which, I uh, I just got like a, I don't know what, what it is. It's old. It's old. So I need to do some research. But I was at a garage sale a couple of weeks ago and I picked up a box of vintage He-Man toys. Nice. A lot of them are in not great shape, but. I'm like, ooh, this is cool. But so you should watch the toys that made us. Sure. The, the one with the He-Man one, because you'll understand what the different figures are. And it's, number one, they're inspiring, but that's not reseller related. Or maybe it is. Sure it is. Okay. The other one is, it's a great way to understand a niche that you would have no idea about. And you could watch it. Like professional, professional wrestling figures, there's money in them. Hmm. If you find even the newer ones, you can still make money on. So one of the... Best, I think, on Instagram is Thriftzilla. Remember when our first host yep. of the week? He knows his toys. Hmm. And uh, you can gain close to the knowledge that he has by just watching this show. It's good. I hate saying that, but that's the information that yeah. we have now. You know, you, you only need 20% of the uh, the knowledge to get 80% of the benefit, right? 80-20 rule. Correct, correct. And you know, season two had Legos, Hello Kitty, Star Trek. Anyways, we're not paid by Netflix. I'm just saying this is a great resource, right? And the other one, the movies that made us, you know, pop culture is a big deal, right? And so, like, right now, Home Alone, I would say pretty much every home is watching Home Alone. We started watching it last night. You know, the, the worst part about Home Alone, though, is when you're watching with the kids, you have to go, like, don't be like Kevin. Yeah, man, he's he's rude to his parents. He mocked Get mom. off the phone and make me. So my eight-year-old the other day, we're sitting there, he goes, it's pretty funny how he goes off, how he tells his mom off. I'm like, son... Like, yes, it is, but don't be like Kevin. But, you know, it just, uh, anyways. So the the movie that made us is great because, you know, when you're sourcing, you're able to check out items, you know, and go, huh, 
I wonder how important this is to pop culture, right? So even on this show, right, they have Home Alone, they have Ghostbusters, they have Die Hard, Dirty Dancing. And again, this one is, I think this is more for mature audiences. So, you know, make sure you check that out. Die Hard's a great uh, Christmas movie. It is. It is. And, uh, you know, somebody, re- <laughs> can I, I want to share this. Somebody said our reseller app did to Q4 what Die Hard did to Christmas. Oh, it's pretty funny. I love that. Thank you, the Irish Flipper. That was a great shout out on Instagram. So, Anyways, I recommend catching these because all these will allow you to have greater knowledge when you're out there sourcing. So, okay. I think I think I think we're gonna just talk about one more thing. I had something else, but it's like, yeah, you know what I mean. Are you okay with that? Sure. All right. Hey, conspiracy episodes showing up. We're recording soon. Yeah. And we have some ideas, and we actually. We have a whistleblower, mm-hmm. right, for our next conspiracy episode. That's going to be fun. Yeah, we're going to protect the whistleblower. Um, you know, it's really important that their identity is protected. But, you know, when you get some inside scoop about what's really happening in the uh, the temple of eBay, you know, it's we want the world to know. And, uh, you know, the main thing is, Pierce Podcast is going to try and take one for the team here. You know, when when we reveal some of the information that we're going to be revealing, I feel like we're putting ourselves in danger. Um, we're putting putting ourselves in, in a spotlight, uh, and we're willing to do that for you. Uh, but in return, we are hoping that we can receive some, uh, I don't know, protection from you, right? Like that because this is out in the open. That if anything were to happen to us, that you guys would be the ones to say we know what really happened because Pure Hustle Podcast leaked, and they were willing to stand up for truth and freedom. When nobody else was. And so listen in to our conspiracy episode. And if you've got any ideas, you're right over there, Alondo. I'm just fine. Let's do this. Let's do it. I still can't wait for this conspiracy episode. All right. Anyways, that's our reseller topics. But before we go on to something else, I know you want to press that button. I see you over there. Itchy finger. Hey, if you haven't had a chance yet, we are on social media. So check us out. We are PureSol Podcast on Instagram, on Facebook, and on TikTok. Appreciate all the love from people coming over from TikTok and finding us on Instagram, on the podcast, on YouTube. And uh, we're trying to make more TikToks. It's TikTok is definitely, you have to be a lot more creative, I think. Yeah. You know what I mean? So anyways, appreciate all of you. And also, we are on... Twitter as Purosol Cast. And you can always give us a call if you ever want to share the conspiracy episode and maybe we'll play it on the air. I would love to be able to do that. That'd be great. And if you want to disguise your voice, there are some apps that you can use a voice modulation so you can call it in or like that. Or we us, can do it. We'll, we'll do it for you. If, if, if you are legitimately concerned for your safety or for your business um, and you've got information that you're willing to, to give up and, and divulge, uh, we will do everything we can. Pierce the podcast. Um, I mean, we'll run it through a VPN so that it's it's backdoor, it's safe. Nobody can track your IP address. You're, you'll be good to go. There you go. And you could also email us. And, you know, we'll also make sure that that's untraceable at purestofpodcast at gmail.com. That's right. And last of all, I want to say thank you for all the donations, right, in our PayPal link below. You know what? We actually had kind of like a, we sold our music kind of in a way. Yeah. Somebody donated uh, right away, right off of uh, uh, off of the link based off of the song. They enjoyed it so much. So that's amazing. I, I, mean, I just was like, wow, I can't believe that happened. Yeah. 
So appreciate that. And we drop on iTunes. We're probably, it's, I don't know. It's going to cost like a dollar twenty nine a song if you want to. So if you want to say thank you in that way by just having something to listen to, to bumping your car yeah. during Q4, even after Q4. Hey, we'd appreciate that. Maybe by the time this podcast drops, we've already, you know, done the work to get this on iTunes or on Spotify. So right. I don't know. I, I really, even if we get five people, you know, whatevs. Yeah. I just love the idea of people bumping, uh, bumping our song <laughs> down the road while they're outsourcing. It's crazy. Or just singing it while they're like going through racks at a thrift store. They're all making money every day. Did great. I tell you my son does that? My youngest <laughs> son? Like the other day I caught him and I'm like, are you flowing? Are you? Wow. I, I am we honored. Roll. All right. So, hey, and uh, again, the reviews. Thank you so much for the content uplifting reviews. Really, really appreciate you guys are doing an incredible job. So if you don't know, go to iTunes. I just typed in, just Google how to do an iTunes review. It'll give you the info. And uh, we really appreciate that. And now it is time for. That was a terrible dance. My I was part. doing like you did almost like the ear floss. <laughs> is that what it's called? The know. ear. Mike is. If you're listening to podcasts, he has his fists up and it's like he's putting a towel through his head. Yeah. Or uh, or remember the movie? Uh, was it Hitch? Where he's teaching with Will Smith? Dance. Yeah. You know, I watched that movie probably 20 times. I don't remember anything. Yeah, about it. I think it was that movie. And like he's teaching the different dances, and the guy's like, yeah, like the, the Q-tip cleaning the ear. Throw it away. And I'm like, <laughs> Well, that see, it's funny. Somebody did comment on our reseller rap about our dance moves, good or bad. It was kind of like they just said those dance moves. Mm. So you take it. I I would say there wasn't much dancing in that video. It wasn't dancing as much as just like straight up, you know, hustle hustle moves. moves. We were we were. That's what that's what hustling looks like when you're hardcore hustling. At least when no one's watching. So what's your bolo? So. It's going to be such a generic bolo. Love it. It's been a long time. But here, here's what's happening. Heavy coats are selling. And there's two reasons that they're selling. Number one, they're in. And it's cold. It's cold. It's, it's winter. It's trendy. But right, retail stores, usually they sell things ahead, a season ahead. Right? So if, if you're looking for a heavy coat right now, you may be having a tough time. Right. But if you have those heavy coats and especially if you have those heavy coats that certain people are looking for, you're going to be able to sell them. Right. So right now is the time to get them up. Right. Because by the end of January, everybody already has their jackets or their coats. But right now people are looking. So I've sold some nice ones and I shared this on Instagram. Do you know there's a difference between Shearling and Sherpa? Um, is it? Is it? I don't know. I don't <laughs> that's know. Good. You don't. Gonna... All right, that's good because I didn't know this, but. You know, I had sold, you know, those uh, trucker jackets mm-hmm. that are Sherpa lined, right? Sherpa is like fake wool. Okay. Shearling is the fresh wool off, off the sheep. Hmm. It's the one day. like, And so those go for more money, right? And I didn't know that. And I've been selling, I saw, I sold a shot, a Shearling jacket for over a hundred bucks or maybe a hundred bucks. I sold the Sherpa one. Sherpa sell for close to a hundred, but those are selling. I've already talked about this as a bolo. But man, puffer coats are selling. I just sold a puffer coat that I paid $15 for. I had to wear that one on a plane from San Francisco <laughs> to here because it wouldn't fit with all the other stuff I sourced. Nice. It was worth it because I, I believe I paid 15 to 20 and I sold it for 150 bucks plus shipping. Yeah. It's worth, you know, sweating on an airplane because you've got seven layers on. <laughs> it was pretty rough. But 
I will it's too t- bad you can only wear one pair of shoes at a time, right? That is true. <laughs> Maybe, unless you get bigger sizes. I know, but I will tell you, coats right now are definitely selling. So if you haven't had a chance, I know that's super generic, but you got to look more for the the super warm coats. Now, remember, they are going to take a lot of you know space, right? Because to put those on a hanger, it's pretty bulky. Right. But I will say I have been I've been selling some coats and I'm kind of surprised at, you know, what they're fetching because I, I bought them and I go, this was the one I sold was an Averix. And I didn't think Averix was the brand, but the fact that it was a heavier coat with a hood, definitely worth it. So I know that's pretty generic, but I think right now is a sweet spot. If you haven't listed those and we do listings year round, but if there's ever a time to list them, it's right now. Mm. So anyways, keep an eye. I like it. Uh, my bolo is. um kind of generic too because it's not a specific brand and i've talked about like uh fitness equipment before especially when it comes to the beginning of the year and you might be able to pick it up now at a good at a good you know price uh but one thing that i've noticed and again you got to be careful you got to do your research don't just buy something um if it's not worth it but i do really well on used like fitness trackers so different fitbits or different Mm. uh gps watches even old models like your watch is something like that right um yeah my watch is it's just a garmin running watch it's a, it's a nicer one but this one is it's probably like four or five years old now so it's it's technically a smart watch but it, it's not like as interactive as like an, uh, an iWatch or, or an apple watch or whatever they're called um, but what i've noticed is a lot of people who are into running um they they have a certain model that they like and they're willing to go back to that hmm. model pay less. They don't want to necessarily pay up for a model that's got all these functions they don't need, or they've got similar functions. They just cost more. And I've found a lot of GPS watches, fitness trackers, Fitbits, those types of things, body bugs, whatever there are at Goodwills and Salvation Armies. And a lot of times they're still in packaging. Like people will keep packaging, put the stuff back in. And what I've noticed is you can buy, and a lot of times I get them and the older ones, the batteries aren't like it's not like rechargeable. Some of them you have to actually put in like little watch batteries. And so once the battery dies, people are like, well, you know, I'm done. They get rid of it. Well, I'll buy, I bought a pack of batteries of different sizes, like those little watch batteries that I use for different camera equipment sometimes. So I'll replace it. And I've even replaced bands. Like there's one, the band was pretty gross. And so I went on and I bought a third party band off of eBay for like $2.99, put a new band on it, put a new battery in it. And something that I paid like eight bucks for plus a battery plus $3 for a band, I was able to sell for like 60 bucks, right? So not a lot of work. And people, if, if they're, they like a certain style, they know it works, they know it fits, they like the way it looks. A lot of times people will go back to it. I noticed this even with like shoes. We talked about this with somebody on an interview is people have certain models of shoes. Like they don't like, they might not like the 2019 edition. They like the 2016. Mm-hmm. Like that's the style, the look, the fit. It feels better. It's the same way with certain equipment like that. People like certain watches. People will pay for the same model that they have and like instead of buying the newer upgraded model. So something to think about. I think I, I see them often at, at thrift stores and, and Goodwills. And you got to be careful because it might take a little bit of work. So you got to realize like this might need a new band. It might need a new battery. But if you're willing to do that, people will pay for for something that's familiar, right? Because there's something about that. There's something if I were to get a new watch, I might upgrade to the new Garmin running watches that they have. But I really like this one and I can go on eBay and probably buy this one for used for a fraction of the price of the new, newest one coming out. Right. And so there are a lot of people who are like that. And so my bolo, as it were, is just because it's old Garmin, old running equipment doesn't mean that that's not what people are familiar with and like and might be willing to pay for. 
you know, if there was a contest for who had the better bolo, you definitely won. That was really what do, good. What do I get for winning? The satisfaction of winning. I did it. I can retire now. But that was that was great. I you know, I don't think we shared that one. And I, I will say I whenever I find used Fitbits or anything, they sell pretty fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't hold on to them for more than a week. I wish I could find more of them. But that that's a great bolo. And the battery thing, you know, if we talked about with Grant Cardone, the unfair advantage, and that's an unfair advantage, right? Because most people will look at stuff and, and they'll go, oh, having to go buy that little battery and put it in, that's extra work. But that gives you the unfair advantage, which allows you to sell for more and to make more profit. Yep. Especially if, I mean, if you're at a garage sale and you're like, does it turn on? They're like, oh, no, it doesn't turn on. Most of the time, it's just it's just the battery. And I don't want to spend the time like on VCRs anymore like I used to. But I recently bought a PS2, which again, the, the margins aren't really there to make it worth a lot of time. But it's not reading the disc. And so I spent five minutes and watched a YouTube video. And I really think it's going to be like a five minute fix of me taking the top off, cleaning out a couple of parts, adjusting a spring on something, and then it'll work. Right. And so, yeah, are you willing to put in that little bit to learn? And then if you, if it is a skill you can learn, like, man, cleaning heads on a VCR does not take that much time. And you can take Mm -hmm. a VCR that's got dirty heads and doesn't run and people will get rid of for, for very inexpensive and make it pretty much brand new. And um, I, I'm thinking about that even with the Korg that that I sold and it came back as one of the, they said one of the buttons, like when you push it's it. It's back. We yeah. shouldn't used it. When you push one of the, the buttons, I need to test to see if it's even the case, but one or two of the buttons when you push hard because it's it's pressure sensitive, um, it doesn't work all the way. So um, I have a feeling that all I'm going to have to do is take it apart, spray it with some contact cleaner and worst case scenario, I mean, I'm, I'm not an electrician, but I fix enough little things that like I could be wrong, but it might just be like to solder another wire on there that costs pennies right and then i've got a perfectly functioning unit again as opposed to just selling it for parts and if you can learn like a little skills like that you can then pick up stuff that nobody else will and even use that as negotiating like hey this doesn't work knowing that you can fix it without too much work agreed that's really good i think i think you definitely provided a lot of value in those five minutes i hope so i don't know thank you mike even for myself i'm going i've been lazy lately Right. Because when you do Amazon, right, you're, you're just getting new stuff and shipping it out. But, you know, you definitely provide that advantage when you go to garage sales and thrift stores and you pick those items up that other people don't want to deal with. Mm-hmm. So that's great. All right. Well, that's our bolo. Do we do we do a sound effect after? Um, I think sometimes we do. Not sometimes we don't. <laughs> but but since you're giving those those puppy dog eyes because you want it. <laughs> the puppy dog. Can I give puppy dog eyes? Is that even possible? Yeah, I wasn't going to say anything. Let's not go there. Throwing the Q-tips away. There we go. <laughs> nice work, Mike. Thank you. If you haven't caught us on YouTube, you got to catch some of these. It's funny because when people go, you guys look completely different than I imagined you guys. Yeah, that's the case sometimes with... Uh, I, I don't feel like I have a very good podcasting voice. I feel you, you, you've got a... a deeper resonance in your voice than I do. Really? Um, I think you have the better of the two. Um, That's well, just me. Nobody likes to hear their own voice, I guess. But um, it is funny because I, I remember when I played this card game that I used to play and I'd listen to this podcast, these two people who played this card game, they talk about strategies and stuff. And then I met them and played against them in a tournament and they looked, because they didn't have any kind of YouTube or anything like that. I'm like, not at all what your voice sounds like. I pictured you totally different in my head. So it is, it is interesting. That is true. There's another podcast I'm thinking about the same, and I thought they were completely different, just 
they just look completely different, like 100%. So I don't want to go into detail, but it was kind of shocking. I was like, whoa. So the reality is, in real life, we're way more handsome than we are on the podcast or even on YouTube. Like the, the camera doesn't do us justice is what I'm saying. I'm just kidding. Well, thanks, Mike. <laughs> Appreciate that. All right. So hey, I'll start off with what am I looking forward to? Because it's really simple. Sending in more shipments to Amazon. That's pretty much it. I think I have it down that, you know, what's been really helpful in comparison to last year is I have inventory lab. I have a scanner. You know, I kind of, I have a more, I would say, efficient workflow. I'll give you an example. So what I noticed the other day, I had 15 boxes that had to go out. I waited till the end to weigh each box. Then I thought, why am I do? Why don't I just weigh it after I'm done with one box, and just write it on the box and write it in a sheet of paper? I know that's really simple, but that saved me so much time, mm. right? So all these little things I'm picking up along the way, which I know, it's been, I've been on FBA more than five years, and just now I'm doing some of these things. But you're always learning, mm. right? So that's why I, I've been a lot more efficient. I'm looking forward to that, and I'm also looking for to sending in more than non hot toys, because that's one of the things I listened to on episode 32 was that last year I made a lot more money on those than I made on constantly searching for the next bolo. So I'm looking for that. I'm looking, I'm going to be, while this podcast is playing and you're listening to this, I'm already on a road trip, picking up more items. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Good. So there we go. Yeah, I'm looking forward to episode 100 uh, going live on YouTube. I'm sorry, yes, I'm looking forward to that too. You know, hey, you're still in my, uh, you're still in my thunder. Over sorry, here. okay, go I'm ahead. just kidding. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited. Um, we've noticed even with our interviews that there's always possibility of things going wrong and technical difficulties, and and we've never done uh, live on YouTube, and I know a lot of people do. Um, but the thing is, I, I feel like PRS the podcast, um, we have our own style and ways of doing things, so I don't know if our live is going to be just like any other person's live, like it's going to be however we decide to do live. And we'll probably as we go, if we enjoy it, which I hope we do, and I hope you guys do too, um, we'll probably do more lives. And so we'll probably find our groove as time goes. But I'm I'm excited for the process. I'm excited to um, interact with more of our listeners. Um, and, and to be honest, I come into a lot of episodes, I don't want to say unprepared, but um, you're the one that kind of plans out like a lot of what we're going to talk about and you do a lot of the research and I get to kind of just be a passenger and jump in and add some insight here and there. Uh, but I feel like we're both coming into episode 100. Like, let's just see what happens. Let's see what people want to talk about and we'll talk about it. And, um, you know, there might be there might be some awkward moments or dead air, but I think it's going to be amazing. Uh, so looking forward to it. Uh, that being said, be thinking of some things that you guys would like to ask us and talk to us about and uh, what you would hope that episode 100 looks like because you know it's a celebration it's like it's, it's a big deal yeah and we may do a little bit of prep work oh well of course <laughs> like i'm thinking we should maybe just title it i don't know we'll see what happens i'm with mike i like the safety and security of the podcast right because if anything goes bad like you won't know about it because we are organic but you know there are those moments you got to polish things up every once in a while but yeah life life is life mm. Right. And so, you know, it could be super awkward or it could be super dope. So we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm leaning towards dope. All right. So am I. So <laughs> anyways, hey, appreciate all you guys. It's the middle Q4. Get out there. Get those listings. Send those shipments. And uh, looking forward on the other side of Q4 of celebrating how great this month went. So with that being said, make sure to be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Please. Please.